This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The ensuing corner, swung in, header on frame, the opening goal! Samuel Umtiti, is that the goal that puts France in a World Cup final? Well, I gotta make a confession, we watched quite a bit of Belgium and France today in the uh, producer's room in there, and... uh, uh, as uh, much as I wanted Belgium to win for no particular reason, I just think that Belgium has never won one, and this is supposed to be their group that could possibly do it. You were rooting for the underdog. Yeah, well, even though they were the favorites, they were three seed, oh. and France was the seventh seed, but they were only, it was, it was a coin flip. I gotta admit, as crooked as the referee was, and there was some, uh, situations in the, uh, in the late going where, uh, the uh, the the Frenchies got away with murder, but uh, still uh, France outplayed played them and beat them one yeah. nothing. So, France just looked faster. Uh, they did, they did, and they have that nineteen year old kid who's a blur and can. You know what? I've 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 figured out watching this uh, soccer uh, World Cup bits and pieces. Speed is a good thing. Being having fast guys is a good thing because if speed kills. You, you got the, the you know the defenders kind of running along with you, and pretty soon you're running past them. When now you got it, you can only do that when the balls the balls got to get past the defender. But when you're filling out your bracket, much like the NCAA yes. tournament, do we always say, "Well, seven always beats a three. You know, somewhere uh, along the line, you always, we always go, ten always beats a seven every year in the NCAA. Yes, that's true. Tournament. I did not uh, figure out this. They. they I, they actually don't seed them, right? They don't seed them, but those are the world rankings. Oh, but this was supposedly wasn't they draw lots. You it's not even. Up, they just take thirty-two teams, and you could end up in the group of death, well, or that, you could end up in a in a soft bracket. How do they not? Because I'm not trying to accuse them of any type of. Uh, I don't know. All I know is Russia ended up in an easy bracket. I, well, that's okay. You're proving my point. So, you know, I've I've told you guys the story about Tommy Mischke when he was drawing the winners at the Hubbard Christmas party <laughs> back in the day when Conus was yep. had a lot of about half the employees around here were Conus guys, mm-hmm. and uh, Tommy was drawing the winners and he'd drawn and Conus had won two or three in a row and now we got to the big grand prize I don't know what it was a nice might TV or a, something might have been a TLC a TV. TCL TV TCL absolutely. TV. That could have been a TLC because that was earlier. You know, these are sure. these are TCLs now. Better, better, better product. 
And he draw, he took it out, and he saw it was a Conus guy, and he said Conus, and he threw it back in without giving the name <laughs> out. People went nuts. <laughs> That's probably when you're drawing the lots for the in Russia. Mm-hmm. You're drawing the lots for the brackets, and you get all of a sudden you got Brazil and Portugal and Mexico in a bracket, and you draw out Russia to go in there, and you yeah. We'll no, we'll one. throw them back. We'll in. throw that back one in. Because we'll, if you're making we'll that selection, we'll try to get them in there with the Pan, Panama or some damn if buddy. You're make, if you're the one tasked with making that selection in Russia, that's a tremendous amount of pressure on a guy. What? If you're making the selection in Russia, the host, the host country, the selection. Yeah. Mean, if you're if you're pulling out them out of the, the hat, I don't know where they how they do it. I I could be all wrong here, oh, but okay. I don't think there's official seating. It's, I don't think there's official seating. It's just, just literally the luck of the draw. Now, they might have rules about, okay, you got seven Euro, European countries or eight European countries, and you can only have so many in one bracket. I don't, I don't know how the hell it works. Hmm. But they ended up with, they always end up with the best teams down to the stretch, and mm-hmm. France beat Belgium today, one to nothing. England and, uh, England and Croatia tomorrow. I would imagine the TV networks in this country are rooting for England, right? Because the uh, Premier League players we are more familiar with. If you're a soccer fan, and plus, you know who uh, you know who will have a serve a lot of alcohol tomorrow? Brits. Oh God! With England playing at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. Right? Well, and they'll start showing up. You know, oh, right after brunch. There. Yeah, yes, they'll be there at eight o'clock. Well, in the, the Adrian Heath show is going to be at Brits, Brits tonight, tonight, so they, they then, might start oh, showing up good tonight. Point. <laughs> you know, I think there should be. You know, when we had the Super Bowl party and we let the bar stay open, <laughs> a place like Brits that has should established stay. itself yeah. as the home of soccer watching, and there's a lot of them doing that now. There's mm-hmm. a lot of other ones, but Brits kind of is where they got started. I think they should be able to stay open all night. Round the clock. Just That's let them, right. just let, yeah. leave them Tomorrow open. Round the clock. Till England loses, they get to stay open. You know, my sources, <laughs> my sources told like me that. You have drunken, puking Englishmen all over the place. But my sources <laughs> told me that during Super Bowl week, when we extended the, the it, yeah. there wasn't that much more business. Well, and I'm wondering if it's because, well, it's probably twofold, because we've become so conditioned to shutting her down at, at like 1, 1.30, 2 o'clock. Or if sure so many, many people... I think most of the out-of-towners had parties anyway. They didn't just right. go to bars. Right? No, the bars, the bars. I don't think, made made more money than the, or as much as they were expecting going mm-hmm. into that week. They, The people going to the bars were the locals who came downtown, right? And, but some of them couldn't get into a lot of the places because they were being rented out by oh, okay, that was XYZ Company and XYZ Promotion. But there were a lot of... Uh, you know, parties and, and alleys that are yeah. covered in tents and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, people I know who actually look for part of those things got themselves two and three invites to big sure. parties with, and they'd have some hip hop guy in there singing or some damn thing. And we should get another one. That was fun, huh? We should get another one. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, get another one. See if I care. <laughs> I, I could care less. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to pull for England to win the whole thing. You are? Sure, why yeah. not? It's a young you know, team, you know. They've had and, so many failures in and, the past. you know, Adrian Heath, that, that's his, sure, that's his squad. Right. He's, he's pulling hard for them. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty happy about them getting the big win. Oh, now, man, the big, uh, the big PK win uh, last week. So 
In fact, he might be in such a good mood today, he won't be mad at his team for laying down like dogs uh, in, in Houston. Well, let's hope but not. Hey, but hey, we signed another guy today. Who'd we get? This was our second designated player. Now, the first one was the guy, Quintero, who just was the player of the week for three hey, goals. Hey, Seuss Quintero. He could roll, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Darwin, I think, right? Darwin or something? I Thank believe you, so, yes. Yeah, Darwin. How does a guy named Quintero get a name like Darwin, first of all? <laughs> B. But today we signed... Uh, these are the expensive guys, you know. These are when you can go over the the and you pay for it yourself. Angelo Rodriguez from uh, Colombia's uh, team in uh, a Colombian team. He's a 29 year old player, but he's he's making money. So these guys are actually uh, doing something, bringing in talent. And Adrian Heath says he's a difference maker. What is the uh, Quintero character's first name again? I'm sorry, Darwin. Does he, when he's uh, looking at his opponent, say, nobody bleeps with the Darwin? <laughs> well, he did last week in the game they won. He had three goals. Oh, good. Uh, he had three. He's a quick little bugger. He's a small little guy. Okay. Looks like a jockey, but he, he, he can would, uh, score a goal. He was named Player of the Week yes, today. Right, I'll have league. that in my update. That's later. right. Okay. Player of the well, week we also have now added Angelo Rodriguez, and we added a guy yesterday, too. We're big on the Latin American guys, right? We're big on the Hispanic fellas. Well, John was telling us about the open enrollment signing period or whatever we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. About. It, it is the, uh, what, what do we call it? Something allocation. Wasn't there, it? No, yeah. no, that was yesterday. Open that was yesterday. Open this allocation. Is the, uh, this is the, uh, there's a name for this. It's a, it's I a, hope so. It's a period where you can uh, uh, bring players in. We've told yeah. John to get the dates for us yesterday, but he failed I miserably. completely forgot. Uh, we have a game tomorrow night against uh, Costa Rica, some team from Costa Rica, though. Uh, Francisco Calvo is a former club. So, uh, anyway, they're adding uh, firepower. That's good. Yeah. We'll be back. Yes, we will. Damn it. <laughs> Costa bleepin' Rica. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to the water. We're back again in the hot tub of Kenwood. Brad Lane, uh, the program director here at 1500 ESPN, had the privilege... Of being an integral, I wouldn't call it a integral part of the uh, Babs and the Boys show that uh, somehow lasted four years, right? Four 1998 years. to 2002. With all those unexcused absences, yes, too, by the way. Yes, that's true. Uh, I don't think she liked my uh, keeping tabs Unexcused absence. <laughs> yeah, you uh, came now, on did, with those You guys lot. came on at 5 a.m.? 5 a.m. 5.30. Nope. 5 a.m. Well, she Oof. came on at 5.30. <laughs> Sometimes she would be sitting out there. You know where that couch is, mm-hmm. and she'd fall asleep. She'd be, she'd have the, uh, she'd have the newspaper like this. She'd be, okay, I- I'll be in there in just a few minutes. <laughs> so we'd tiptoe by her. Uh, she had Fritos all over. Yeah, and- you know, Babs uh, was a fragile personality, and I never really thought that getting up at three thirty a.m. was the best thing for health. Oh God, no! But she did, didn't take, take care of herself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so like mm-hmm. I said, she had Fritos all over her. Uh-huh. She ate poorly. When she pulled into the parking lot and opened up her doors, there'd be Coke cans coming mm-hmm. out and McDonald's well, wrappers. I, and... A little uh, diet, a little diet Coke could get you started <laughs> at that time. Of well, morning. you kept can... you kept that up uh, yeah, years later on the morning show. So, but uh, it, of course, the show. You give me the staff again. There was five of you, right? Yeah, Connie, there was. Uh, well, if you count just the people that were in the studio, so yeah. it was Barbara, Mark O'Connell. Dan Terhar, Tom Goodrich, and myself. And then we would invite, she would consider 
other people boys like Jim Guy was the weatherman, Ron okay. Rosenbaum was our legal guy. So okay. there was and various and sundry folks came passing through. And uh Barbara would ended up getting you guys you guys did some goofy stuff. How did the Amsterdam thing come about? You end up going to Amsterdam. She uh that was because when Jesse was elected governor. Okay. Try to follow this reason. Okay. Jesse was elected governor, and he just threw out there on a whim. Well, you know, I, I think I'll uh, legalize prostitution and, and uh, marijuana. Marijuana, use. both. So she goes down the hall to the general manager's office and, and basically says that, you know, he's going to legalize this. We need to go see what it's all about. Yeah, we and they ahead. said yes. <laughs> so, so who went to Amsterdam? All of us. <laughs> yeah, this was the fat and happy days of radio. So we, we all went over there. Well, we talked to you. Yeah, you were on right. with us, obviously, in the morning. And so we all went over to... To Sturgis or uh, to Amsterdam, Sturgis was that year too. Yeah. By the way, okay. I don't know if you remember that. Sturgis, she nearly got us all killed. Uh, first of all, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. So we went over there and we uh, went through the red light district and uh, we all smoked. Did uh, we just observe? No, no, no. We, we partook. Did we get a hooker to come on? We or didn't. Anything like that? <laughs> we didn't go that far. Okay. As uh, as far as going into it, but we went to the red light district. We we watched uh, all of them uh, portray themselves and yeah. try to sell themselves, and we all smoked a uh, little hashish when we were <laughs> over there. So now, where did you uh, then broadcast from? There was a group of stations called Radio K. Okay. And they let uh, you run a They studio. let us they, they yeah they put us off in a corner. I remember one of the times Mark O'Connell liked to smoke a cigar. So when we would yeah. talk to you, it was usually Terhar and me. Yeah. Would talk to you doing sports Terhar and Bar- went too. Oh yeah, we all went. We all went. Uh, so uh, usually Barbara was putting on her makeup and would try to, you know, try to talk smart with you. She'd read the paper and yeah. try to, you know, it, Put make something in there. Yeah, make one observation. Yeah. But so one of the times in Amsterdam, O'Connell's got his cigar and he's walking out the door and mm-hmm. to go smoke. And the guy from Radio K in Amsterdam goes, Where are you going? And he goes, I'm going outside to take a smoke. You don't have to go outside, my friend. We smoke all you want in there. So he goes into the studio. He lights up and he just starts blowing it right at Barbara. <laughs> right in her face while we were doing the show. So. And then what happened in Sturgis? <laughs> well, when you get off the plane, I think we flew Rapid into Spearfish. We flew into Spearfish, and oh, we got oh, off the did plane. Did you take a company plane? We did take the yeah, company plane. Uh, that was, the only way to go. Yep. And so we got off the plane, and we started driving through. And I remember the first shirt I saw, which kind of signaled that we were in trouble, was "Bleep you, you bleeping bleep." Yeah. And that was the first T-shirt we yeah. saw. And of course, Barbara, being the unfiltered, brazen, not she even, had no boundaries. Not any idea what she was walking. Not into. any idea. I mean, these were gruff, hard-nosed motorcycle. I mean, we went out to the campground and did the pickle licking contest uh-huh. that she entered into, <laughs> which I'm ashamed to say she came in second out of two. And uh, the guy who was the uh, MC looked like Dusty from ZZ Top, uh-huh. you know, but she just, she would get in everybody's face because she had no boundaries. And yeah. I mean, it nearly got us killed. There were some Hells Angels that didn't appreciate she, she that. She would uh, just tell them that they should take a clean up their Clean up their act. Yeah. What are you, when did you get started on your motorcycle? And they'd be like, get the hell out of my face, lady. You know, so... Yeah, well, that it was, was uh, it was yeah, crazy. She was uh, she was interesting, that's for sure. And she did uh, manage to throw a wake for herself about what three months. Before I think it was died. two or three months ago. She yeah. she threw a party for herself, an end of life party club, for herself. Right? Yeah, right yeah, right an end of uh, end of life party for herself that she invited basically the entire Twin Cities to. And was it on your show uh, that she revealed that Pete had a uh, oh yeah Pete's oh uh, yeah. 
Yeah, Pete's the, equipment. The, for he had the original. Relations he had the original. He had the yeah. original Wizenator. Yeah, like right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah. She, and, uh, and she also revealed on our show that he was having an affair with the person oh, down did. the hall. Oh, she. That she, he was helping she, in terms of. She yeah. broke that news. Oh to you. yeah. She and that she broke had, up the marriage, right? Oh yeah. She yeah. did. She had no filter. <laughs> if she heard you talking in the hall about that was something, on air, huh? she came on the air. I mean. It was just like her to ask, and it's also what made her great, but she would ask a government, so I hear you're having an affair with your secretary. You know, just, and the guy would be like, I'm sorry. You know, but if we were having a conversation in the hall, then she'd come back on the air, and I mean, just out of the blue, she'd be like, so Brad, I hear you hate your mother-in-law. You know, and you'd be like, what in God's name are you talking about? So uh, she, she had no boundaries, no filter. She talked about anything and everything. So. Well, uh, when you when you see the history of her life, she didn't really become a public person until she was damn near fifty years old. Right? Well, I she mean, did, she she got into public office yeah. in Minneapolis City Council, and then I think people like that sort of. I've tried to think about this in terms of did it was it because she was a woman mm-hmm. that sort of made her. This larger than life figure, but I don't think well, her so. Her first radio, the nine to eleven current events show, though she did a lot of politics and a lot of interviews, yeah. was all was pretty unique to the Twin Cities when that first started here. Well, she got station. a tattoo. She got a tattoo done on her butt while she was on the air yes. one day. So yes. I mean, but 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 I mean the the the. The current events part of the, yeah. the political interviews. Well, I think were, she were pretty good. I think she tried to. I think the the hot tub and all of the other yes. theatrics. I think it was meant to throw people off, and then she'd throw a question at them that they mm-hmm. weren't expecting. Because we had on now try a morning show at five o'clock when you're calling public officials and government people, where she'd be reading with, the with, paper and with say, "No warning," huh? and she'd say, "I want to talk to so and so." You know, it'd be five forty in the morning, and yeah. you're waking them up and saying. Dude, throw some water on your face. Barbara wants to talk to you. <laughs> and, and, they, and, most and they would of them do it. Would not they, hang up. They would do it because mm-hmm. if they they knew the alternative, if they didn't, she would talk very badly about them. So. Uh, four years, and then uh, all of a sudden, then then what? How did it come to an end? Did Barbara just want to pack it in? Well, I, I sort of started. I don't know why. I'm, I'm still here today. It's 20 years later. I'm uh, I've been moved moved up the food chain in various roles, but I think her health started. Failing her, uh-huh. she. I mean, your unexcused absences started becoming a lot. Mm-hmm. She uh, she wasn't in the best of health by 2002. It's amazing she lasted as long as she did, even after the show went on. She came by that uh, Ill, uh, legitimately, though. She uh, was. Uh, as far as the the bad health there, she came by that legitimately. Well, she didn't with help her matters. Big, uh, with her big, uh, big crazy uh, personality. Well, but, she had, uh, uh, Pat, she had, on a daily basis, we didn't know what to expect. She had a regimen of pills that if she got wrong, mm-hmm. we were all in trouble. <laughs> I mean, and so like one of those, you know, where you, where you see that yes. somebody has the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, them, Thursday, Friday. To, uh, well, they counteracted one or another. And yeah. Stuff like that. And no. so one, had, you know, counteracted uh, the side effects of another. And so if she didn't get that mix just and, right. And by the way, Brad's not telling any tales out of school here. These were all revealed to oh, the public in, well, she, in Barbara's show. There was I, no secrets. And you you can't reveal things about her she revealed about herself. I mean, it's like she wrote that book in 97 mm. 
she sort of sort of stole everybody's thunder. Yes. It was just all of the things like the falling asleep before the show, or you know, to asking somebody to fix her bra strap before mm-hmm. the show. She'd be mm-hmm. in the uh, producers' room where you are, that and would, we're sitting. Would be quite a uh, battle. Oh, to we'd see all who we'd had all the try. Who, who can get there first? <laughs> yes. All righty, sir. Well, Barbara Carlson uh, left this veil of tears yesterday. Yeah, at rest age in, she, by the way, she wanted. She called me about four or five years ago and said. I want to do a sports and politics show with Patrick Royce. And I believe I said, I think the connection that we have is breaking up. Here. I, don't, I don't think I can hear you real well. Yeah, that, I don't know. We, we might not add the patience for one another. No, I don't no. think so. All right. I enjoyed talking to her, though, because uh, you never know what you're going to get. She was one of a kind. All right. Thanks, Brad. Yep. Uh, Barbara Carlson, no longer with us. John Height with a sports <laughs> update. That was very official. Yes, so it was. Thank you. I gave you my NPR voice. I I think I'd be good on NPR. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Tales from the. (laughs) And a nuclear war has started uh, in North Korea. You don't do calm very well, though. That's not really your MO. No, but I think I can change. I'm I'm not too old to change. (laughs) That match in the World Cup was won by Costa. Uh, This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Indians, uh, Indians, Twins Royals tonight. Why did I say Indians? They even have Twins, uh, I don't know. Twins Royals tonight at Target Field. Aaron Sleggers, another start for the Twins. Veteran Ian Kennedy, uh, he's 1-8 on the season. Is Astadio in the lineup? Uh, there's no Astadio, sorry. Yeah. You're fighting for it, I know. I saw yeah. you again today on Twitter. Oh, you can't upset the apple cart. They won five in a row here. I know, but they're picking on him. Here's your lineup for the Twins. Maurer leads off at first base. Rosario hits second in left field. Dozier at second base hits third. Eduardo Escobar hits cleanup at third base. Logan Morrison hits fifth in DHs. Max Kepler hits sixth in right field. Jorge Polanco hits seventh at shortstop. Mitch Garver is catching and hitting eighth. And Jake Caves in center field hitting ninth. One other Twins note from the website, 1500ESPN.com. Derek Wetmore tells us the uh, Dodgers may have some interest again in Brian Dozier. I remember a couple of years ago, the Dodgers were reportedly talking to the Twins about Brian Dozier. Nothing happened then, obviously. Uh, but the Dodgers, according to Yahoo.com's Jeff Passan, have had talk centered on Dozier, among other second basemen. Dozier currently hitting 222, 13 home runs, and uh, he's in the final year of a team-friendly four-year contract. With and the they've decided Manny's too rich for their blood, I think. Uh, a lot of Manny Machado, the Dodgers. But is Baltimore going to get what they're... I mean, they have no, these lofty expectations. They're to have to take what they can get. They'll, they'll do okay. Uh, they, he'll end up going to the Yankees. They need to punch up that lineup. <laughs> <laughs> they really need help. Except he doesn't want to play third. He wants to play short. Yeah, he made that known yesterday. Uh, I think if he gets a chance to go play for the Yankees, he'll be fine. <laughs> At uh, Wimbledon. will be a rental anyway. Quarterfinals at Wimbledon today. Female. You ready? Yes. Serena Williams defeated yes. Camila Georgia. 3-6-6-3-6-4. So she Ooh, lost, she lost the set. Lost the Ooh. first set, yep. Julio Georges defeated Kiki Burton's 3-6-7-5-6-1. Where's Julio from? She sounds like a Frenchie. That I don't Maybe. know, okay. to be truthful. I'm just I happy I can pronounce her. I never so. heard of her. She's 13th ranked. Okay. Uh, Jelena Ostapenko defeated Dominika Sibulkova. Seven five six four, and Angelique Kerber defeated Daria Kos- Kosatkina six three seven five. Astapenko is a Ruski. 
Tall yeah. gal beat Sharapova. I watched that match. Giannis Atetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually pretty good, Reavers. Thank you. Okay. The yeah, work it was. Is. Greek freak. Mm-hmm. Men's quarterfinals are tomorrow. Uh, no, today, weren't they? Didn't I watch Federer and win? Or are they tomorrow? Maybe that was a replay or that something. That must have been a replay. Uh, yeah. Was there, yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're tomorrow. Yesterday, we had 16 matches at Wimbledon. Really? Wow. Yeah. The all the uh, all the all the round of sixteen matches, men and women. World Cup today. France shut out Belgium, as you've talked about. Uh, speaking of soccer, a lot of Minnesota United news today. Yes. Uh, first, let me tell you that uh, tonight, the Adrian Heath Show, right here at fifteen hundred ESPN, right after the ride with Royce, live from Brits, starts at six o'clock. Uh, United forward Darwin Quintero has been voted the Alcatel MLS Player of the Week. By the North American soccer reporters for week 19. He, of course, had that hat trick in the win over Toronto. I actually have uh, a quote from Adrian Heath on that performance, Patrick. That creep can all, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pervert, dude. He's a pervert, dude. <laughs> that creep, we were trying to See, figure out. We were trying out to figure out what word he, word he had used because yeah. I thought it was a, a bad word, but no, it was just creep. Mm-hmm. Creep uh, can roll, man. And Minnesota. Yeah, but he's a pervert, dude. <laughs> Minnesota United also assigned Colombian forward Angelo Rodriguez as its mm. second ever designated player. Uh, they issued a release saying they reached an agreement with Colombian First Division side club Deportes Tolima for Rodriguez's services pending a receipt of a P1 visa and international <laughs> transfer certificate. He's 5'11", right-footed, tallied six goals in a little over 1,200 minutes. That's, that's what this is. It's the transfer uh, window. Oh, the that's it. The yes. transfer window, right, Johnny? Yes. Mm-hmm. Summer transfer window. That's correct. STW, we call it. STW. Uh, the uh, coach, Adrian Heath, you'll hear more, obviously, on the show, but he describes Rodriguez as, quote, a big-time player. I hope Jamie takes it easy on him. He's been grilling him on that show lately. Jamie's been really <laughs> He's a bulldog, him. man. He is, man. Really? Yeah. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. It was announced a couple of weeks ago that the uh, Twin Cities would be getting a PGA Tour event in 2019. The dates are now official July 4th through the 7th for actual tournament play uh, next year. July 1 through the 7th for events. Hollis Kavner is with us. How you doing, sir? Doing great. How you doing, Patrick? I am doing good. Uh Hollis, the dramatic changes coming to the PGA Tour schedule next year. This year... The third championship is the first week of October. Next year, it is uh, at the end of August, a week before Labor Day. How does that change uh, what kind of a field we might end up with and that, at that point in July? Uh, actually, it, quite honestly, it helps us because now everybody's in the chase for the trying to get the FedEx points. Yes, Everybody, that's, that's, I mean, that's near the end of the season yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, you're... And, you know, people. I've heard people say, "Oh, the guys don't play." Everybody's playing all the time now. The money's good. They're playing a lot of events. If you put on a good show, they're going to come play. And if you have a, decent, a a good date, we've got a good date. And I think you know, with uh, with us being a couple weeks before the British, you know, you're going to have a lot of guys play and and then uh, take you know take the week off, travel over, uh, go to go to uh, play in the British. Um, the events after the British are going to do well because guys are coming back and trying to make more more points to make sure they're in the FedEx Cup and the World Golf Championships. And, you know, being in that top 125 means everything in the world. I mean, it, it really does. And, and 
you know, that's uh, – they're, they're, nobody's happy if they don't – even the top players are playing a lot, so they make sure they play in the top – they stay in the top 30. Um, and it, 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 people don't realize and, and because of the world golf rankings and everything else, top 60 guys getting into almost every event in the world, uh, Masters, getting into the Masters, things like that, guys are playing they're, – they're having to play a lot of golf, and, and uh, uh, we feel like we've got a good date in the summer. Uh, we've talked to a lot of players. Uh, you know, the Golf Channel did this special on us this morning. They were, they were, they thought we had a great day for Minnesota and, great, and that we would do very well here. So I, I feel comfortable. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Hey, uh, Hollis, uh, you know, right now the Irish Open and the Scottish Open are getting players, but I would imagine next year if you're going to play that week, uh, you're probably going to want to play over here and get points. I Now, some of the Europeans are obviously going to go, but you're probably going to want to stay here and get points rather than go to Ireland and not get points. You know, if you look at it, why they're, they're getting a ton of it this year? Uh, what? What? They they have this little thing called the Ryder Cup. They're yes. trying to make it, and they can't afford not to play at home this year. So every couple of years, we could get hurt a little bit by you know uh, guys who who are doing their you know doing everything they can to go and play in in, in Europe and, and get you know get uh, the Ryder Cup points. Um, but you know, like you know, a lot of the guys, you know, like Molinari and those guys, they're coming over here to play, and they're they're trying to play a lot of golf. They want to get they want to they want to be on the Ryder Cup and so all that stuff. But the money is so much better on the PGA Tour than the European Tour. It's no comparison. It, 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 you know, everybody talks about that. They all come here to make the money. And this is a great, as Molinari said, this is a great time to come over and play. Um, we've had uh, a lot of the international players who, who've said, you know, look, I've got, I've got to go play. I'm going to play the, the Irish. I'm going to play the Scottish because I need, I need to make sure I'm playing on the Ryder Cup team in Paris. In a couple months, so um, I, I think I think on the odd uh, the odd years, I, I think we're going to have a tremendous. I think you'll have a, a, a tremendous amount of the European tour players coming and, and playing over here. Hey, um, Hollis, so we, the uh, the uh, uh, the schedule, uh, the Bridgestone's going away, which has been a tournament. The world, the old World Series, is uh, leaving Akron. Uh, apparently, uh, the FedEx uh, people use their clout to get a WGC event in uh, in Memphis. So that one's going away, and one of the playoffs is going away too. So, how's that? What are we going to? Are they going to cut from 125 to 30? Is that what's going to happen with the playoff? No, it's going to go one twenty-five seventy. Okay, and then, and then so you, yeah, and then so you, seventy are going to the third championship. Yeah, uh, well, uh, seventy, one hundred twenty-five get into the first event, seventy get into the second event, and only thirty get into. The, oh, I, the, I thought the we were, I thought we were losing one of the playoffs, but you did. Oh, yeah, we did. The yeah, hundred, we, uh, the hundred one got uh, taken out, right? Yeah, and. And you know, so that's why. And, and quite honestly, it helps all the other. It helps the other tournaments because now guys have to really, really hustle to make sure they t- stay in that seventy. You know, they, they they can't go. Well, I'll get in the second one if I'm in the top hundred. Yeah, you know, they got to go play. Yeah. And so the tour is figuring out ways to make the guys have to play more and 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 stay out. I mean, your, your top two or three guys are always going to be. They, they're going to have their schedules and stuff, and. You know, you you just have to get on their good side and, and and become friends with them to get them to play your events, basically. Um, but we've had good luck with DJ and <clears throat> excuse me, 
and Brooks and all those guys are all they're all members of the club we belong to in Florida, and they all, everybody plays there together. So, I you know we're going to be after them. We'll be after everybody hard to to come play. But you know some of the changes the tour made, I think, really really help not only us but like John Deere. Yeah. John Deere is going to get help because guys are going. Hey, I got I've got to go play golf now, and if I want to stay in that top in that top tier, um, and, and the money's so huge when once you get into those those FedEx, you know, those top, the playoff events um, and, and small fields. Um, as I, I talked to some of the guys who, who said, he goes, they go, you know, I don't like playing four weeks in a row or even five, but I'm going to do it to make sure that I've got, that I get to the end of this. Hollis so, said, you're the 26-year run of the 3M championship the first week in August, uh, what are the plans for the sendoff? You know, it's very sad. I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm thrilled about the, uh, uh, you know, that we're going up, and, and it's, a, it's such a huge jump for us. And, well, you know, we're really going to, it's really going to be about honoring the last, you know, we've had, you know, 26 great years. We've given, you know, we'll be probably $30 million to charity and stuff. And we really want to go out and thank the players. And, you know, and, and you know, the great news is we've got a, well, the best sponsors on any tour and when 3M and, and, you know they they've said they want to <clears throat> they want to make sure we we pay um, pay our thanks to the to, to the to the champions tour players and so we're going to do some nice things for the players we're going to have some nice private moments with with as as a group and talk about what you know what we're do, you know um, because a lot of the players have been tremendously supportive uh, you know Tom Lehman was here all day yesterday with me uh, on the redesign of the golf course. And I mean, it, it's a lot of work we're doing. It, it, it's going to be a massive amount of work when it's all said and done. And Tom was saying, he goes, you know, he's so he's thrilled for Minnesota because of the PGA Tour event coming. But he's also he said, you know, it's hard for him because it's one of the best events. He said, it's, it's this is one of our very best events on tour. We're going to hate to lose it. Hey, t- hey, uh, Hollis. Uh, so you aren't going to be able to make all the changes between now and the first uh, 3M Open, I would guess. Uh, what are you going to kind of start with new tee boxes and what? Yeah, we're going to do uh, uh, a lot of new tee boxes. As a matter of fact, uh, only about four holes that don't get them. Um, yeah, everything else is getting new tee boxes. We're actually narrowing the fairways by as much as 40 yards in some places, uh, uh, which means uh, re- you know. Uh, taking the uh, grasses out, the fairway grasses out, and putting in bluegrass rough everywhere, uh, putting in a ton of trees. Um, um, we're working on a tree plan now. Uh, it's a, but it's a three-year program, yeah. start to finish, because quite honestly, we're go- you know we're changing some, we're drastically changing some holes as we go forward. But those are year two, year three projects. Um, but operationally, we have we've got. Uh, Gene Art and his group were out here today, and and uh, the people from PJ Tour and Arnold Palmer's group was here today. Just looking at all the areas we have to change just for hospitality, because the hospitality is going to be so much bigger. The fan base will be bigger. Um, you know, it's you know we had to we have to come up with you know eight thousand more parking spots and stuff like that. It's it's a, a lot going on, and but you can't do it in one year. It's so we're phasing it in over a three year period. Luckily, you have nothing else going on in your golf career, so you can concentrate fully on I, this one, right? I'm, absolutely. I, I figure this and long naps, I'll be good. You know, <laughs> hell, I have nothing else in the summer. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, well, the Royal Club is uh, probably gets a little bit of your attention, huh? 
It gets a lot of it, and, and this other thing called the uh, the other seven events we did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Congratulations. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Look forward to seeing you, buddy. All right, sir. The great Hollis Gander. Uh, busy man, that fellow. And uh, 3M Open next year. Playing dates July 4th through 7th, as reported in the Star Tribune a couple of months ago. We'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? What I was trying to do was to strike Ruth out. I was He's the only one I was really trying to strike out. Because if I can strike him out, and then Gary, if I can get keep that ball down low, the breaking ball down low, get him to hit the ball on the ground, I got a chance for a double play. And I can get out of the inning. Paul Hubble, the great Master League softball, the Giants is in the box. Second ever All-Star Game was held on this date, July 10th, 1934. A probably one of the most famous moments. Well, it is one of the most famous moments in All-Star history. The National League starting pitcher was the great Carl Hubble, screwball artist, and he started the game uh, by allowing a single and a bases on balls, uh, bases on balls, to uh, the first two hitters. And the American League lineup was loaded. Well, after that, he struck out in succession Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Al Simmons, Holy and cow. Joe Cronin. All Hall of Famers, by the way. And it's That's a very it's a very famous moment. So famous that I had a record that my dad got me sometime in the 50s. Greatest sports moments, right? Mm-hmm. I only played that thing seven, 8,000 times. <laughs> but one of the moments on there was Carl Hubble striking out the five Hall of Famers. Now that tells you how seriously the All-Star game was taken when it first started, too. That, uh, that a guy striking out five great hitters in a row in an All-Star game would be uh, a memorable event in baseball. Hubble, a uh, fantastic pitcher. And then later, a uh, executive with the uh, New York Giants. But a uh, screwball pitcher and back in the day, and I don't know how he ever brushed his teeth after throwing that many screwballs. We shall return with Tom Kelly.